0: You're listening to Rhema for Today. Well, like natural children, friends, spiritual children have never learned the value of silence. We need to be careful about what we say. I remember reading from Charles G. Finney. Uh, He said in his ministry that there's a fellow called Father Nash who used to go ahead of him in his meetings, get a few folks together to pray for the revival. Well, someone asked Mr. Finney on one occasion, do you know a little preacher by the name of Father Nash? Mr. Finney said, yes, sir. He goes along ahead of uh, me at times and gets people together to pray for the revival. I don't have him hired. He just took up on himself to do it. But what kind of a fellow is he, this person asked. Mr. Finney said, I said, well, he's just like any other
1: person who prays. He's a person of few words. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagin and his series on Growing Up Spiritually.
0: Now, you know another characteristic of a child, both uh, naturally and spiritually, is curiosity. Children are full of curiosity. Just as sure as you'd come in with a sack and set it down on the kitchen table, our second granddaughter, about eight at the time, would be in that sack. She was full of curiosity. She wanted to know what's in there. Now, some of these spiritual children that have never really grown up spiritually, though they've had time and opportunity, as sure as they can catch a little bit of gossip going, they want to know who who. You see, they're full of curiosity. Curiosity is the characteristic of a child. If you tell a child not to look in a closet, he's going to get in it, as sure as the world. Curious. Spiritual children are the same way. They're always poking their noses in the other fellow's business. You know, friends, the Word of God teaches us to tend to our own business. God doesn't want you poking your nose into the other fellow's business. The Bible teaches and teaches you and tells you to learn to be quiet and tend to your own business. You know, I was passing to church when one fellow wanted to know what all I was doing with my money. I said to him, what are you doing with yours? He said, that isn't any of your business. I said, I don't consider it any of your business what I'm doing with mine. Well, thank God he got the point. You know... It's no more the church member's business what the pastor's doing with his money than it's the pastor's business what the church member's doing with his. Curiosity is a characteristic of a child. Well, as I said to you, cheer up. If you'll keep feeding on the Word of God, we'll give you some spiritual principles to put into practice, and you can grow out of that childhood state of spirituality into the manhood stage. Now, the third characteristic of a childhood stage of spiritual development is talkativeness. You see, children have never learned the value of silence. They're talkative. And you'll find folks in the childhood stage of spiritual growth are nearly always talking. Did you know the word of God has something to say along this line? It tells us, notice Proverbs ten nineteen, that's Proverbs ten nineteen. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. And then again, Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter of the third verse. A fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. You show me somebody that's always talking, and I'll show you somebody that's always sinning. We need to learn to be quiet. Now, a child doesn't know any better, so he's always blabbing. I remember one time when our son was just three years old. We'd gotten into bed late one night after church. I'd preached twice and was tired. We all slept in one large room. Now, he was in a bed across the room from us. The baby was in the crib. The lights out and it was dark. Daddy, he said. Well, I hadn't gone to sleep, but I thought if I'd pretend to be asleep, he'd hush and go to sleep. Daddy, he said. I didn't say anything. Daddy, he said. He got a little louder. I didn't say anything. Daddy, he said. I didn't say anything. Just kept And he just kept getting a little louder. Daddy, he said. Finally, my wife nudged me and whispered, why don't you answer that, child? I whispered back, knowing him. I said, he'll get started talking. You can't shut him up. He was three years old, but you see, he didn't know anything about the value of silence. He'd get started talking if you couldn't get him, and you just couldn't get him to shut up. Well, I thought if I didn't answer him, he'd think I was asleep and shut up, but he kept getting louder, daddy, daddy, daddy. Finally, I said, what is it, son? He said, what's tomorrow? Oh, I said, be quiet and go to sleep. It's time to go to sleep. Well what's tomorrow? He said. I said it's Monday. Now go to sleep. He said, What's the next day? I said it's Tuesday. He says, Is tomorrow always Monday? I said, No, tomorrow's not always Monday. When tomorrow gets here then tomorrow'll be Tuesday. He said, I thought you said it's Monday. Well it was Monday. But when Monday gets here then tomorrow'll be Tuesday. Well if tomorrow's Monday, how can it be Tuesday? Yes. Well, that's just the way it is. What's the next day? I said, it's Wednesday. He said, will it ever be tomorrow? Yes, now shut up and get to sleep. What's the next day? I said, Thursday. What's the next? Friday. What's the next Saturday? What's the next Sunday? I said, that's today. He said, is Sunday always today? No, it's just today today. When Monday gets here, it'll be today. He said, I thought you said it'd be tomorrow. Well, now I said, you've got me confused. I want you to be quiet. If you don't be quiet, I'm going to get up and give you a whipping. Well, like natural children, friends, spiritual children have never learned the value of silence. We need to be careful about what we say. I remember reading from Charles G. Finney. Uh, He said in his ministry that there's a fellow called Father Nash who used to go ahead of him in his meetings, get a few folks together to pray for the revival. Well, someone asked Mr. Finney on one occasion, do you know a little preacher by the name of Father Nash? Mr. Finney said, yes, sir. He goes along ahead of me at times and gets people together to pray for the revival. I don't have him hired. He just took it upon himself to do it. But what kind of a fellow is he, this person asked. Mr. Finney said, I said, well, he's just like any other person who prays. He's a person of few words. Now, folks who are always talking are usually guilty of at least three sins. And I want to say, I said it yesterday, I want to say it again. A person that's always, you show me a person that's always talking, I'll show you a person that's always sinning. Folks who are talking all the time are usually guilty of at least three sins. They're often guilty of evil speaking, talking about and discussing the faults and failures of people not present. They're often guilty of vain speaking, always talking about themselves, what I've done, what I'm going to do, where I've been, And they're often guilty of foolish speaking, jesting, joking, and things that are unprofitable. Now let's talk about those characteristics. First evil speaking, talking about and discussing the faults and failures of people not present. Well I know I was holding a meeting one time when my son was with me. He's about 12 years of age. He had a four-day weekend holiday so I took him with him on this meeting. One day at the table because we stayed in the parsonage with the pastor and his wife and family, the pastor got to talking about some of the church members, and some of their faults and failures. Well, I noticed that my boy just kept looking at him. Finally, I said to him right at his own table, Brother, I wish you wouldn't talk that way in front of my boy. He looked at me rather startled. I said to that pastor, I'd rather you'd curse in front of him, because that wouldn't register on him. He wouldn't pay any attention to that. He knows that's wrong. But for the 12 years that I have pastored, he always thought every member we ever had was an angel. Well, they weren't, any more than all this men's members were angels. But Ken thought all of them were sprouting wings. He didn't know that it was just a shoulder blade sticking out. Because, see, he never heard his parents, my wife and I, say one word about any deacon, Sunday school teacher, superintendent, or church member. You know, friend, you need to be careful what you say around children and other people as well. I remember one dear soul, bless her heart. Every time we took prayer requests in a church that I pastored, she would say, pray for so-and-so, and she'd call her husband's name. Well, he came with her every once in a while, and even if he was there, she'd never stop to think about it, but she'd get up and call his name, pray for him, he'd get saved. Well, he rather like me, and I'd go visit him, we'd talk about the Bible, tell you the real truth about it. He knew more about the Bible than she did, even though he wasn't a Christian. And in talking to him, I learned something. I learned where she was missing it. I tried to talk to her about it, see, but it didn't help her. So one Wednesday night, when there wasn't anyone there but us, you know, just a few of the Christian people, when she said, pray for so-and-so, I said, sister, we're not going to do it. Right from the pulpit, I said, we're not going to do it. Don't turn in another prayer request for We prayed and prayed, but you undo all of our prayers. You run home from church every single time some woman in the church looks a little hatefully at you, or you think they do, and you tell your husband what an awful person she is. And if the preacher doesn't just preach to suit you, you run home and tell him what an awful person the preacher is. I know, I said, because I've talked to him. He couldn't have known it unless you told him. He knows more about what's going on down here at this church than anyone in the church. You run home and tell him everything and a lot of things that ain't. You rehash everybody's faults, failures, and shortcomings, and as long as you're going to do that, you're going to undermine the effects of our praying. And so we just not going to pray. Well, I really learned to appreciate that dear soul because she had enough sense to listen and straighten up And she became a splendid Christian. And you know what? He got saved. Her husband got saved. Now, I know I dealt with what uh, seems like, you know, very severely with her. But she took it. She wasn't ignoramus. She was uh, a college person, educated. People who do have a little something upstairs are able to know when you're telling the truth. Some folks would never know. And you just have to help them the best you can. But thank God is able to help them. Well, we need to be careful about evil speaking. Then another is vain speaking. That's always talking about themselves. Sometimes I almost get sickened when I go to church. All the singing is about what I did, what I felt, what happened. We scarcely worship the Lord. It's no wonder to me that God doesn't move any more than he does in our midst. You know, friends, the Bible said in the 13th chapter of Acts concerning this group in Antioch, in verse 2 of Acts 13, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, see, they ministered, not to one another, to the Lord. Now, if we can get humble enough and yielded enough, God can use us. That's what some people say. I just don't like the idea of leaving the impression that we are going to do something ourselves, that we are something big or something great. Always talking about what I did, how I fasted, how I prayed, what I did. Now, it's all right to talk about how God uses people and rejoice about what God's doing through them. But I've been in some meetings where those in charge bragged on each other from the natural standpoint until it's simply nauseating. Thank God for his blessings. But friends, let's be careful that we're not taken up with vain talking. Then, foolish speaking. Now, it's all right to be friendly. We ought to be friendly. It's all right to tell something funny sometimes, but it's possible to spend too much of our time doing that. The Bible says something about jesting and joking that are not convenient. That doesn't say that they're sin necessarily, but it says they're not convenient. Notice Ephesians 5, 4, Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, that's joking, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. I remember I was holding a meeting for a fellow one time, minister the gospel, a pastor, I think a lot of him. But I never saw a fellow so full of jokes. We had two services a day, and every time I saw him, he'd tell me a new joke. I didn't see how in the world he could remember. He'd tell me at least three brand new jokes every single day. Morning service, evening service, and then when we'd go out to eat bite after church. I usually quote my scriptures as I preach. And once when we were out eating, he said, I wish I could remember scriptures like you do. I said, you could if you'd spend as much time on them as you do on jokes. How do you remember those jokes? I can't remember jokes. I go to tell some of them and got them all messed up. Well, you see, the thing about it was that I wasn't interested in them. Now, don't go off and say, I said it's wrong to tell something funny. I didn't say that. I said it's wrong to put that first and just blab and blab and blab and and joke and leave God out. I'm talking about things that will hinder our spiritual growth. We are never going to grow spiritually and just feed on talk and jokes and jesting and those kind of things we must feed on the Word of God if we're going to grow spiritually.
1: You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources including messages that expound on this week's subject. Visit us today at rhema.org That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G This month's package starts out with the one CD from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, How to Train the Human Spirit. Also in this offer is Ken Hagan's book, It's Your Move. These two resources are for the discounted price of $10. That's $9.95 in savings. Call toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at RAMA.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, org. If you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagin Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagin. For
0: you in the Oklahoma City area, don't forget Northwest Expressway
1: 8921 Northwest Rhema, Expressway
0: Rama Bible Church, Oklahoma City Come on out and be with us on Sunday Enjoy the weekend and come and enjoy yes. Sunday night Sunday morning on Sunday night at 6pm
1: That's right Monday, Kenneth e. Hagan will continue this life-changing series That's Monday on Rama for Today With Ken and Lynette Hagan Have a great weekend